Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the Phantasmal Necromantic Paranormal Podcast. I'm Tammy, along with my co-host, Brandy. Hey, everybody. And today is probably going to be my favorite, maybe ever, story that we do. <laughs> yeah. And it's just because it actually happened in the town that I grew up in for a while. I didn't spend my entire life there, but enough of my younger years there that I can still call it home. And today we are going to be talking about the Little Men of Kelly, Kentucky, also known as the Little Green Men of Kelly. I say I grew, I did not grow up in Kelly. I grew up in Hopkinsville, which is um, just like right down the road, literally from where this happened. Brandy and I took a trip and I got to show her back yeah. to my hometown. And I got to show her where I lived when I lived in Hopkinsville. Mm-hmm. And uh, which probably from where I, where I lived to Kelly is probably about five miles. So because we lived kind of outside of Hopkinsville there. Uh, still in town, but like right on that border. We went there and we kind of trolled around the town of Kelly and we found the coordinates that we could best figure out was actually where the house used to stand that this happened. Uh, One of the things we're going to talk about is how the town of Kelly has kind of embraced this situation over the years. And one of the things we wanted to do was we wanted to go to their they used to have like a little festival for the little green men of Kelly. Right. But now they haven't done that since the pandemic. And uh, this year was no different. So they did not hold this festival this year because we were kind of holding out to see if it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they just don't have any plans for that this year. So we just went ahead and did our trip. If you heard our previous podcast where we talked about the bell, Witch. So these two things are close enough together that you can hit them. And like we did this in one day, we did the bell witch in the morning Mm -hmm. and then we went to Kelly in the afternoon. Right. And they're probably, cause there's an interstate that connects them. So uh, you can probably get between the two of them in, in easy 45 minutes. It's very easy. We went through some other places, so it didn't take us 45 minutes because we were kind of riding around in the back roads and just enjoying the countrysides and oh, yeah. everything. So so we didn't do a direct route between the two. Just know that. But if you are into these kind of things, just know you can hit these two things in the same day. Mm-hmm. All right. So Brandy, if you want to start us off with the Little Men of Kelly. Okay, so it was on the evening of Sunday, August 21st, 1955, in a town in western Kentucky called Kelly. Small gray creatures are said to have terrorized the Sutton family. Uh, Present at the home on this night were Glennie Lankford, who was a 50-year-old widow and the matriarch of the family. Her four sons, which included Cecil Lucky Sutton, uh, two of the sons' wives, Glennie's brother-in-law, and Glennie's three younger children, who were ages 12, 10, and 7. The night started out pleasant enough for the Suttons, who were entertaining Billy Ray Taylor and his wife, June. The Taylors were friends of Cecil, or Lucky Sutton, and were in town visiting from Pennsylvania. So at about seven o'clock at night, Billy Ray Taylor went out onto the backyard, out into the backyard, sorry, to the well to get some water. And according to Billy Ray, while he was outside, he witnessed a silver colored object that was real bright with an exhaust, all the colors of the rainbow, quote unquote. He also said that the object flew silently toward the house, passed over it, and then stopped in midair before dropping straight to the ground. When Billy Ray returned to the house and told his wife and the Sutton family what he had witnessed, they all laughed off the experience. So roughly an hour later, the Sutton's dog began to bark, and Lucky Sutton and Billy Ray Taylor looked out the back door to see what had the dog so upset. And as they looked out the back door, they saw a strange glow. In the middle of the glow stood a small human-like creature, about three and a half foot tall, with an oversized head, and it was his head was almost perfectly round, they said. So this creature also had arms which extended almost to the ground with hands like talons, and they had oversized yellow glowing eyes. 
So according to Lucky and Billy Ray, the creature's bodies gave off an eerie shimmer in the light as if their skin or the clothing that they were wearing was made from a silver metal. So upon seeing this sight, Lucky and Billy Ray grabbed a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 rifle, and they opened fire on the little gray man. It said the little man did a flip, righted himself, and then fled into the darkness. All right. And so not long after this, the men reported seeing a creature looking into the side window of the house. They opened fire on it through the window screen. Once again, the creature flipped and disappeared. Glennie Lankford is also said to have witnessed the creatures. Glennie said she had gone into the hallway and crouched down next to Billy Ray when she saw one approaching the door. Glennie described the creature as, quote, looking like a five-gallon gasoline can with a head on top and small legs. It was shimmering bright metal like on my refrigerator, unquote. Glennie said she and the creature stared at each other for some time. Billy Ray decided to run out onto the porch and confront the creature. According to the family members inside the house, a claw-like hand reached down from the roof of the porch and touched Billy Ray's hair. Several of the family members inside the house grabbed Billy Ray and pulled him back into the house. Lucky Sutton shot at the porch overhang where the hand had come down from, and he also shot at other creatures he claimed were in the trees nearby. Each time the creatures were able to avoid the bullets and would then float to the ground before running off into the woods nearby. For the next few hours, the family stayed in the house, listening to scratches on the roof. This entire time, the families prepared themselves for another attack by the creatures. About 11 p.m., the group decided to make a run for their cars. They left the Sutton homestead and drove into Hopkinsville to the police department to report what had happened to them. Once arriving at the police station, the Suttons and Taylors relayed their bizarre story of how something resembling a flying saucer had landed near their home near Kelly. They described seeing 12 to 15 quote-unquote men who appeared to be roughly three feet tall and had shiny armor or bodies. They told of how they had been doing battle with these beings for the past four hours and had fended them off with their rifles and shotguns. After relaying their story, Lucky Sutton told the police chief they needed help fending off the beings. At this point, four city police officers, Chief Russell Greenwell, T.C. Gross, Doris Francis and Gray Salter drove to the scene. While the city police officers were en route to the Sutton's homestead, they radioed for state police and the county sheriff's department to also meet them at the home. State troopers R.N. Ferguson Jr. and G.W. Riley, along with Deputy Sheriff George Batts, all headed for the Sutton's home. It was also stated four military police from nearby Fort Campbell also went to the Sutton's home to help investigate. Overhearing the radio discussions, two Hopkins County deputy sheriffs, which Hopkins County is the county directly north of Christian County, where the Sutton's home was located, and three other state troopers also went to the scene to help investigate. So after arriving at the scene, the officers were not able to find any sign of a spacecraft or where one might have landed. They were also not able to find any tracks left by the quote-unquote little men. The only evidence anything had happened at the home were the hole in the screen through which the men said they had shot at one of the beings and damage to the porch ceiling also where they claimed they had tried to shoot one of the little men when it had reached down and tried to grab Billy Ray Taylor. While the officers were not able to find any evidence of little men or their aircraft, it was obvious to everyone present something had happened and the family was terrified. According to Deputy Sheriff Batts, the man told him in all they had fired up about four boxes of twenty two shells, which was roughly two hundred rounds. The officer the officer's investigation lasted about two hours. During this period there were around twenty five people on the scene. 
During the investigation, it was stated the only excitement came when one of the MPs stepped on a cat's tail while searching out in the woods. Once the cat squealed, there were a few tense seconds for those present. A few officers returned to the Sutton home the next morning, and they were told the little man had returned around 3.30 a.m. at the Sutton home. Investigators who were present at the initial investigation were reluctant to give any opinions in regard to the invasion. The one thing all those who had answered the call to go investigate agreed on was there was no drinking involved at the Sutton home. It is well known that Glennie Langford despised alcohol and it was forbidden on her property. According to the Kentucky New Era article dated August 22, 1955, the only person who was certain the Suttons had seen something unknown was Sergeant Frank Dudas, a city police desk sergeant. Sergeant Dudas was one of two city policemen who reported seeing three flying saucers early one morning in the summer of 1954. Dudas was quoted as saying, I know I saw them. If I saw them, the Kelly story certainly could be true. rest of this that you'll hear is coming from an article out of the Leaf Chronicle out of Clarksville, Tennessee, which is going to be where Fort Campbell, that's where the base uh, is around Clarksville there too. And it says, the Monday following the incident, Private First Class Gary Hodson, who worked with the Educational Center at Fort Campbell, made the trip to the Sutton home where he talked with the family. Based off of their descriptions of the creatures, he was able to draw likenesses of the little men. Uh, and we'll try to put those likenesses on yeah. our social media for you guys. Mm-hmm. And it says the drawing depicted a man-like figure, two and a half feet to three feet tall. The figure had a huge head and long dangling arms, having appendage- appendages. which resembled a cross between hands and claws. These hands or claws had four fingers and no thumb. It also had huge ears, which protruded from the sides of the head and resembled fins. It was said the ears would flop or wobble whenever the beings ran. Its nose was said to resemble a cone with a ball on the end. There was a disagreement on the mouth, however. Most said the mouth was small and curved with the upper lip protruding over the bottom lip. But a few of the witnesses insisted the being's mouth ran in a straight line across its face. The biggest dispute on the description was with the feet and how the beings had moved around. The beings had no feet, the witnesses agreed. Each said the beings had something resembling suction cups. Suction cups. And when they walked, they picked their feet straight up. When this happened, the cups appeared to collapse. How they moved about was the biggest dispute between the witnesses. The differing views on how the beings moved were, number one, some said they floated above the ground. Uh, Number two, some said they skimmed above the ground. And number three, some claimed that they walked on their long arms and legs like an animal. All the witnesses agreed the drawing well represented what they had seen. They all also described the bodies of the beings as having the appearance of aluminum foil and being silvery in appearance, not a greenish hue as had been printed in other reports. The beings' eyes were described as large, white, and had corneas of luminous yellow, which shined in the dark. According to the Suttons and the Taylors, the beings' bodies were silvery in appearance except whenever they were shot, at which time their body would light up or glow. A reporter asked Private First Class Hodson what he thought of the story. His reply was that he still did not believe it, but thought it would be extremely difficult for such a large group to agree on and commit to memory such an extraordinary amount of details about the little men. Okay, so the aftermath of this incident is by Tuesday, August 23rd, 1955, the Sutton Homestead was inundated with crowds of sightseers wanting to look around at the Sutton's home and the surrounding area. There were so many people who came out to see for themselves the road around the Sutton's farm ended up being impassable. People ignored the pleas of the Suttons to stay off their property, and eventually the police had to be called out to remove trespassers. Lucky Sutton was so bothered by the publicity, he was quoted as to saying, if they come back, I'm not going to let anyone know about it. Sadly, the story caused the family to come under cruel ridicule from the community, and even though Glennie was known to hold a hard line of no alcohol in her home, most thought the story was due to the witnesses partaking in moonshine. 
even though the police who came out the evening of the incident did search for but did not find any alcohol. Eventually, the Sutton family left the area and the encounter became a tale passed down by generations. It was not until 2010 the community came to embrace the encounter. Since 2010, the Kelly community has held the Little Green Men of Kelly Festival, which has drawn people worldwide to its celebration. The Kelly incident is considered by ufologists as one of the most important sightings or happenings in the UFO community, as it was the first noted encounter with actual space beings. However, it was not the only direct encounter with beings at that particular time. We're talking about like 1955 time frame. It says, as news broke around the country of the Sutton's invasion on their home, several other people spoke out about encounters they too had had with similar beings. According to Mrs. Darwin Johnson, on Sunday, August the 14th, she and others in her party witnessed a shiny flying object in the sky near the Ohio River where she and friends were spending the day. She said originally they even joked about it, saying it must be a flying saucer. Later on, Mrs. Johnson would describe being grabbed by a creature while she was swimming in the water. She said the hands, and it's a quote, unquote, hands, were exactly as the Suttons had described the beings had. Mrs. Johnson said she was reluctant to talk about the encounter with anyone outside of her group, as she didn't want others to see her as crazy. But after hearing of the Suttons' encounter, she was certain it was the same beings she had 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 herself encountered. Uh, And on that story, I want to talk about, uh, just say that the Ohio River, actually where her encounter happened, would not have been horribly far away from the Suttons. I think it would have been maybe a couple of hours away, like to drive there. So we're not talking about a great distance away from her. Wasn't across the country or anything like that. (laughs) Right, yeah. So, you know, basically same area. Yeah. And it says, another woman by the name of Mrs. Margaret Simons also came forward to tell the encounter she had on Sunday, July 3rd of 1955. Mrs. Simons said she and her husband had been driving from Cincinnati to Florida for a summer vacation. At approximately 3.30 a.m. near Stockton, Georgia, Mrs. Simons was driving while her husband napped in the back car seat. Suddenly, there in the middle of the road were four little men about three feet tall. I screamed and turned the car towards the side of the road to avoid hitting them. Then I stepped on the gas. I was petrified. Wesley, my husband, woke up and I told him what had happened. He wanted to go back and look at them, but not me. After telling a friend in Florida about the incident, she was advised not to tell anyone else the story. Mrs. Simons took the advice and told no one else about the encounter until reading the story of the Suttons in the newspaper. Mrs. Simons admitted, it does sound like a strange story when you tell it, but it isn't when you see it. It scares you. So while some believe something had happened in Kelly, others believe the whole incident could be explained away by the way of alcohol use. Still, there were others who used the story for comedic ends. At the forefront of the tongue-in-cheek use of the story were the Senate Republicans who made newspapers nationwide by suggesting the Little Green Men reported sighting recently in Kentucky were desperate Democrats looking for a candidate for the 1956 presidential race. They went on to say the Democrats were green with envy at the popularity of President Eisenhower. And in Evansville, Indiana, Sherrod Rouser, how do you say that? Yes, a, I would say yeah. A supermarket owner known for his zany promotions jumped at the story and opportunity. Before closing his store on August 22nd, Rouser had his employees post a message on his storefront marquee. It read, attention, all flying saucers, please land here. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys want to read all the newspaper articles that came out about that time, it kind of, it did make national news Mm -hmm. when this story broke. And one of the things that people are get most upset about was I believe it happened in the Kentucky new era. So the Kentucky new era is the one that breaks this story the day after it happens. Uh And what they do is they print that there are little green men in Kelly. Oh, okay. And so, but the family never, ever says green. They are always tell them that, no, they, they look gray, gray or metallic. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of people that get really upset because I think this is like one of the key reasons that we have green alien. Uh, when we think right. of aliens, you like, you yeah. want to make them green and, <laughs> and everything. So there's a lot of people that get really upset that this was misquoted in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. 
And I can kind of see that. But I mean, the story in general was so over the top. I don't really see the green part being the, oh, well, you screwed that up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like green versus gray. Like, who cares? We're talking aliens here. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about how I grew up in Hopkinsville. So I grew up in Hopkinsville until I was about eight years old. The reason this story is so known to me is because my father was a police officer. So he was a state trooper. Mm-hmm. And he actually worked with Trooper Ferguson that was at the scene of this. Now, uh-huh. this happens in 1955. My father becomes a state trooper in 1965, 1966. Yeah. And then he is stationed in Hopkinsville sometime in the late 60s. So right. uh, I grew up knowing Trooper Ferguson. It's like any other work thing. When you work together, you know, you kind of party together and stuff. So I went to his house as, as a kid for parties and stuff like that 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 Mm -hmm. they would hold and I just grew up with him either you know stopping by my house or and like I said going to his house and he was very much a no-nonsense guy my dad actually talked to him and some of these other police officers that went out there that night right because when I was in high school like you and I talked about like we've always kind of been interested in you know the paranormal whether it's ghosts or Bigfoot or aliens or whatever yeah so I was was always curious about it Uh But I think when you grow up around the story, like when it's kind of in your front yard or your backyard. It's not really a big deal. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, oh, doesn't everybody know this story? (laughs) And I think it's not on your radar as much. But as I got older, I would ask my dad more questions about it. I'd be like, okay, well... You know, what do you think, dad? Or or have you ever talked to Ferguson about it? You know, like like what they say. Yeah. The one thing that my dad said was from him talking to the police officers that went out there, mm-hmm. the ones that were still on there when he came to Hopkinsville to work. Yeah. He said that the, the agreement was something happened to the Sutton family. Uh-huh. They just were not sure what had happened. I think that okay. I think there was agreement that people, especially the police officers, they didn't kind of really want to believe that it was aliens. Yeah, yeah. I, I, which I don't think you maybe want to go in believing it's aliens. Uh-huh. But like there was a huge consensus that something terrified this family. Something happened to this family. Yeah, and it terrified them. But I know that my dad, he spent. He said that because he used to work like night shift, like, well, they, uh, his whole career, it was swing shift. And he said that like on nights when nothing was going on, he liked to park out and he just liked to look up and see if there was anything odd or weird, you know, going on in the sky. I think, I think he wanted to see something strange. Uh Now he never did because I remember one time talking to him about it and he was frustrated. He was like Uh all the hundreds of night shifts that I have watched Uh and I have been out yeah. And I have never seen anything. And I think just because he had worked, you know, outside at night uh-huh. and been driving around and he had never seen anything odd. I think he just was aggravated because he thought. Oh, yeah. So Fort Campbell is right there mm-hmm. where we ended up moving to when we left Hopkinsville. We moved over to my grandparents farm and we were on the flight path for Fort Campbell. Uh-huh. So I think living there, I just grew up with so much aircraft and so much noise yeah. that I wouldn't have suspected a thing because we were, like I said, we were in the flight path for Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. And my brother, when he was like a little kid, he got hold of a spotlight somehow. Uh-huh. He ended up spotlighting some of the military oh my God. like planes <laughs> at night. And they actually came back over our house and spotlighted him yeah really which he thought was hilarious (laughs) Um, but then my dad was mortified because he's like don't be messing with them they're on maneuvers like you don't do that yeah but my brother thought that was hilarious and he and like i said like they would fly so low over our house that they it sounded like they were coming to land in the backyard yeah yeah i think just living so close to the base and everything and then the base being right there near well, which if you're in Fort Campbell, then there's Oak Grove, which is right outside the base. And then Hopkinsville is the main town or used to be the main town. Um, now, I talked about Clarksville, Tennessee, because the base sits on the state line. Mm-hmm. Clarksville, Tennessee is the major town now. Uh, it has built up immensely. Uh-huh. And Hopkinsville has kind of drained over to 
Clarksville said, but Hopkinsville is itself making a comeback. At the time this happened, Hopkinsville itself was a hub. Like that was where the mall was when I was a kid and and all the big shopping was in Hopkinsville. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where you have to wonder, was it military related? Did they crash something? And then the Suttons were so keen and they were so hyped up. Uh-huh. And, and I truly believe that there was no drinking because all the police officers said that there was no drinking. Yeah. They didn't find any remnants of alcohol and then glennie being so against alcohol of any kind yeah yeah i I don't think if she is the matriarch they made her out to be in this story she wouldn't have put up with that Uh like regardless it's one of those things that it baffles me like i am in it yeah so like i so want this to be for real oh yeah i know because i think even even if you're drinking moonshine okay you could shoot up your house oh yeah (laughs) but are you going to come up with this crazy story about aliens and and right. everybody have the same story and everybody's probably not drinking and you know I oh, I yeah. I just don't and the, and they obviously you know everybody kept saying for sure something mm-hmm. scared these people. Oh yeah, according to my like my dad relaying when when I'm asking my questions and, and it even says the do this, he says, Hey, I saw some things the year prior. Mm-hmm. If I saw, and I know what I saw, it definitely could have happened to a family out here. Yeah. You know, something could have happened. Yeah. We have talked about before we've, talked about how, like how aliens go around these nuclear things. Oh yeah. In military bases. Yeah. And you do have Fort Campbell though. Fort Campbell's a huge base. Uh-huh. We don't know like you know for sure what they're doing there kind of yeah. thing so this could have just been have. yeah it, it could have been maybe they these aliens were you know scoping out the base mm-hmm. and something happened to their spacecraft and they have to do like an emergency landing yeah and they just end up terrifying this family you know maybe it's one of those things where they were trying to terrify the family so they wouldn't come out and look for the spacecraft or something because mm-hmm. like we know that billy ray goes back in the house and says hey i just saw like a flying saucer land yeah and and here's the other thing that kind of makes it more true to me because the family laughs him off they're like yeah you're full of it right you didn't see anything and they go on with their night until the dogs act up yeah so we you don't see a situation where billy ray runs back in the house and then they all are like what and then they go and they look no they laugh him off they don't mm-hmm. believe him yeah and then all heck breaks loose a little bit later. Right. So it, that that kind of adds credence to it being a thing. And I think if you have been sitting around drinking moonshine, mm-hmm. you're not going to drive yourself to the police department to report. Yeah. Even if you're having a hallucination, <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're going to drive yourself to the police station and be like, hey, there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on in my house. Yeah, I know, because uh, even obviously the the police would have smelled alcohol on yeah. their breath. They would have found evidence of it, or they would have been slurring their speech or whatever, you know, not making sense. Just like you, I want to believe it's true, too. It seems to me plausible because of by some things that the deputies say and the Sutton story. The only thing that is kind of off to me is the description of the creatures like when they're being shot at and stuff the zipping and flipping backwards <laughs> and landing back on their feet does yeah. i mean that reminds me of a cartoon that would be on in the 50s or something you know what i mean yeah that bit is a little bit over the top and the thing that also made me laugh was talking about how they were silver in color until they were shot uh-huh. and then they like glow so yeah. uh, it was almost like carnival game where like you hit something uh-huh. and it glowed if you got it yeah kind of made me laugh but i was like okay like trying to be serious about it mm-hmm. and think about it. Maybe it was just like the bullet ricocheting off of this metal yeah. that they're seeing. Maybe that was causing like a, a spark. A spark. Glow. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and and I could see that. But just the description that they were given, it was almost, oh, great. You hit me. Yeah. Ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like you won a prize. I don't yeah. know what the prize is. But <clears throat> if they all have the same story. And if mm-hmm. you're going to come up with a story, is that what you're going to come up with? I mean, are you going to make that part of it up? Yeah. I mean, yeah it's just a weird little 
And like when you read their description, like I think it was Glenny's description of the metallic color of them, like on her refrigerator, Mm -hmm. just different things like that, the small little details. It puts into perspective the type of people these were, because in this location, having gone there, even now it was very rural in that area. So I know in the 50s, there was probably hardly no other houses around that general area. I would think that would be very sparse because... Kelly now has on the road where the house supposedly sat. Mm-hmm. It's like a little community park. Yeah. But there's nothing big in Kelly right there. It looks like it might have at one point had a train depot, uh-huh. a train stop, uh-huh. which probably did early 1900s or something because there are train tracks running through there. But there's not like a store there. There's not, no. there's not even any like little mom and pop places. It's just like a junction in the road, basically. Yeah. Cause it's not like, in town per right. se. It's it's out on the outskirts. Yeah. And it was just like a little side road. And I would imagine back then, you know, it was a oh, a yeah. dirt road probably. Probably. I mean it's paved, but you know, yeah. barely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're like, not spending a lot of money out there <laughs> in Kelly on the on the road system. But where we went, the house was sitting there. Like it's mm-hmm. a vacant lot now. Like yeah. there's and there's not really a lot there. I mean a discernible lot no it's just like grown up it's it's a little spooky looking the the spot where it was at i would assume the road that we were on like you said was probably gravel at the time based on like the descriptions of where they were yeah and that the house probably sets up some off of the road Mm -hmm. now it did say the neighbors could hear them shooting um but didn't I guess didn't think that much about it. So, but you could have heard a shot from a distance. Like it, they wouldn't have had to have been right next door to them or anything. Yeah. I think they were very simple people. They oh, weren't yeah. extravagant by any means. Yeah. There's actually a picture of the house in the Kentucky New Era article that came out about the situation. And you can see part of the house, you know, it seems very simple mm-hmm. because it does show Lucky Sutton and Billy Ray standing like in the doorway. And that was the thing that Brandy and I, we were looking at it. And when we talk about the porch or when it talks about these alien, they ran out on the porch right. and the alien grabbed Billy Ray's hair uh-huh. from the picture that we can see. It's not a porch like you're thinking in your head, like where it's <laughs> got an awning over it and you could sit there on a rocking chair. This yeah. is kind of, we were just looking at the picture beforehand and it probably goes into like a little room before you go in the house is what yeah, it was like. like an enclosed yeah. porch, but it's enclosed with wood or something it's not like a yeah. screen porch or anything in the and there's like just steps leading mm-hmm. into a doorway that yeah. goes into this part of the house so it's yeah it's a very i don't know what the yeah. word is when i saw the picture it gave me a whole different perspective of of like what they were shooting that night because when we yeah. say so basically he shot through the roof of the house yeah they call it the porch but like yeah. looking at that picture it almost seems like it's actually part of the house mm-hmm. you have to be pretty scared to like shoot your roof and to shoot your screen window yeah. they didn't shoot through the window but they shoot shot through the screen that was yeah. over the window yeah and I I know it's stupid. It's a piece of screen. But I think if I was in the house at the time, I'd be like, don't be shooting holes in the screen because they are going to come in and get us. (laughs) Then there's nothing between us and them. Yeah. They had to be afraid to be shooting in their house. Like shooting through the screen, shooting through the roof, trying to shoot at these things. Mm -hmm. The show that I watched everything else on. paranormal witness right that's where i i saw this case that was one of my favorite shows i've ever seen about aliens because now going there going we went to the museum Mm -hmm. uh doing this research about it i see that the show was definitely hollywood up on the (laughs) On the whole, yeah, because in the show, that's what made it really good. But in the show, they shot up the whole inside from their whole house from the inside. They were just shooting up because these things were all over the place. But they also said that the deputies that came out there found like a goopy slime on a fence piece of a fence outside i remember that but i've also seen interviews like on youtube and stuff where some of the people who were 
child, the children at the time children, right. were like hiding under the bed, stuff like that during the whole thing when the, the grown ups were shooting up the house. I have seen a show where I guess one of the kids and it was a girl who was supposedly there hiding under bed where she uh, claimed that, that these things would come up to the window and oh that they God. all saw these things. Wow. Yeah. So I've seen a show where she like I can't remember her name. She was Sutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She claimed that they all had seen these creatures. Yeah. Um, I had actually thought until I got to really researching this and going through all of the newspaper articles and, and everything. I, Two had thought that they had shot up their entire house. Like mm-hmm. that was how the story has always kind of been relayed, I guess, for folklore yeah. purposes. Yeah. I had always thought that they pretty much just disintegrated their home trying to kill these things. Uh-huh. But then it made more sense that they were shooting through like, I, okay, like I can see them shooting through a screen yeah, or sticking their gun out the window. Yeah. Because it it more than likely was a a rip in the screen that was already there. Right. And who knows how those windows operated anyway. It might have been how the only way that, you know, they could get it out. Because if you look at the the picture of the house, it, it does seem more like a... I, I'm not trying to disparage the family's home or anything, right. but it seems more shacky. That's, but yeah, that's what you I know. And, and like I said, but you you only get to see a part of the house in the picture, so mm-hmm. we don't know what the rest of it looks like. If I'm, if it's my house and I'm the matron and I'm Glenny, mm-hmm. I think I'm probably going to whoop you all over the place if you start yeah. shooting at my house. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously she was already struggling because she, I think she was recently widowed mm-hmm. and she still had three children at home. She obviously had grown children uh-huh. that were in the home with her mm-hmm. and yeah so if you start shooting up my house yeah and that's all i got i'm gonna left, get you i'm, I'm fixing <laughs> to whoop you i don't care how old you are but yeah, i'm gonna bend you over my name and i'm gonna whoop you right because this is what i got left now you don't have to fix it yeah so, yeah um so but it made more sense to me when they were talking about them shooting like into the woods and stuff like that uh-huh. and it didn't seem that when they it seemed that they were waiting and because it talks about how they could hear them I guess, walking or scuttling across the roof of the house. Yeah. So maybe they were just waiting to see, are they coming in the door? Are they coming in the window? Mm -hmm. So I can totally see that they're standing guard waiting for these things. Yeah. But yeah, I I too had thought that the house had been shot up, Mm -hmm. but which I was glad to notice that know that they didn't just like, bam, 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 (laughs) shoot up the entire house. Yeah. It's one of those things where sadly, I think the family just couldn't take living there because, you know, they were so probably ostracized. Yeah. Oh, but one of the things that I did want to point out was they did go to, or I guess like the reporters or somebody reached out to Fort Campbell Uh and was asking them about the MPs that had gone out there. I guess they wanted to interview them um, or something or talk to somebody on base. Yeah. And the base command or whatever, uh-huh. uh, whoever it was that they were talking to, they denied that they had ever had anybody go out there that night. Like, really? And as far as the Fort Campbell is concerned, mm. no MPs went to the Sutton's house that night. Oh. They were not part of any investigation going on out there. Oh, and wow. basically they were just, they just shut out the reporters and stuff. And they were like, like no questions. We weren't involved. Uh-huh. And blah, blah, blah. Which is odd because there are so many, actual like names involved and they were talking about the MPs that went out there. Yeah. Honestly, probably what happened is because Fort Campbell is so close right there. Like I said, it's just right on the outside of Hawkinsville. Probably what happens is the sheriff's department probably calls Fort Campbell I bet. and says, hey, if you guys are doing maneuvers or something, you guys have probably had some crash up here. And now we've got people in the office. You might want to go out here with us and check this out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think the MPs were involved. Uh-huh. But then I think once the story turned alien-esque, yeah. I think Fort Campbell was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. And uh, we didn't we, have nothing to yeah, do with that. Yeah, like, we weren't involved. None of our people went out there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we're not getting involved in it. <laughs> it was interesting to see the military deny having anything mm-hmm. to do with it. Yeah. I, and, I, and by anything, I mean, like, they had nothing to do with the investigation of mm-hmm. it. Right. So that was like one of those things where it's like, that makes you go, hmm, a yeah. little bit 
more when they start oh, denying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because if Fort Campbell had said, yeah, our MPs went out there. There wasn't any evidence yeah. of anything. Well, Which is what it said anyway, the report. Yeah. Well, because I'm thinking it would have been better for Fort Campbell to admit it, that they had MPs that went out there to help investigate. Yeah. And just said something like, well, you know, even though we knew we didn't have anything flying that night around there that could have crashed the county had requested that we send some MPs just to make sure. Yeah. And I thought, well, what would, would have been the harm in that? I think if the military had done that, it would have shut it down. Like mm-hmm. right then it'd been like, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but denying, denying, denying is what kicks off the whole. Yeah. Really? That makes everybody <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> you didn't go out there. <laughs> so I think that's what makes the story even a little bit more like, oh, okay, well, they sure do deny a lot. Yeah. Apparently they think something happened. Well, and the thing that got me too was reading other, which which I was telling Brandy, once I read that the other lady had seen something, here was the odd thing. Every single one of the sightings. So August 21st is a Sunday night. Uh-huh. August 14th is a Sunday night. And uh-huh. July, uh, what was the other lady? She saw it July 31st or something like that. Uh-huh. That was a Sunday night. No. Yes. So every That's single odd. one of the sightings uh-huh. happened on a Sunday night. I thought that was a little peculiar. That is. That <laughs> so is definitely. Every time I, so when I rabbit hole into these other sightings uh-huh. and I'm writing down the dates and I'm like, what? Because it'd be like Sunday, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> they all happen on Sunday night. That that's a little weird. Yeah. And so they all happen on a Sunday night within a month. It was July and uh, August, but yeah. within a four week time. Span. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't mm. know. That seems... Like, even though the other stories are a little bit different and maybe that like, so the one happened in Georgia and what I meant to do and I just failed to do it. I wanted to look and see where she saw that in Georgia. And I wanted to Uh see if there was a military base close by where she had seen Uh those little men. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Failed you guys on the (laughs) podcast. The lady in in the Ohio River Mm -hmm. part, that is not going to be terribly far from where Kelly is. Yeah. Like I said, you know, as the crow flies, yeah. you know, it's not going to be that far uh, away. Mm-hmm. So it, all these things are just too coincidental for us not to put them in our story with this. Right. Because all you ever hear about is like this isolated incident. So mm-hmm. it's almost like Roswell, you know, you always hear the story of Roswell. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like and, nothing else happened. Yeah. And that like that time. there was Roswell, there was a crash. Nothing else has ever happened in the scheme of time <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh-huh. And so obviously that didn't happen. Yeah. But it would almost, it would, it would make me wonder if you could go back, if you go back and do a story about Roswell, mm-hmm. and then you pick up all the stories across the United States, yeah, were other people in other parts of the United States seeing anything odd in that time frame? Mm-hmm. Because like I said, these other people, these women, they come out and these were only two stories. There could have been more stories. It was just one of those things where oh, yeah. I was going so far in the rabbit hole at yeah. some point, you have to quit digging. You had to come out. And <laughs> or else we're never going <laughs> to talk about this on the podcast. It was odd because both of those women, they didn't want to talk about it because uh-huh. they didn't want people thinking they were crazy. But then when the Suttons came out, they were like, okay, man, I'm but glad I you're talking about this because I saw something. Yeah. And, and But then, like I said, it was just odd. They saw it within... Like I said, every Sunday for three weeks there, yeah, these beings were seen, yeah, or something well, akin to these beings. Yeah, seen. yeah. Well, I wonder. Uh, you know how we talked about in a previous podcast about aliens and UFOs, how they have the sighting like scale. Oh yes. Uh-huh. I wonder if anybody's ever put the little green man of Kelly on the scale and what, what rating that would have got. Cause you know, like I remember Roswell, which you think that would yeah. be a main, like a big time one that it would have like a one or a two. Yeah. You said like, it was like almost, they didn't believe it. Yeah. And I'm like, what? what? So they probably they'd probably be like this would probably be with the Roswell. They'd be uh, like, yeah, we don't believe it. Like, yeah, those, that family was tanked on something, uh-huh. and, and uh, which which is sad because 
probably that's what the family ended up being tagged as. It's like, oh, they were all just drunk and, you know, you know, those Suttons. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and it's sad because I tend to agree with the guy who went out and did the drawings that I think it would be hard for the family to all stick to the same story yeah. and what they saw. And it wasn't like when he's drawing the creature, it wasn't like they were in complete agreement because it said that they were like, no, it walked or floated or no, it, you know, had like these suction cups that it was, you know, like ever how each of them right. thought it moved. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, um, and you know, there was like a couple of other things that they differed on. So I think if they were trying to be cohesive in a story, they would agree in, on all those uh, aspects. Right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. And also they left and went to get the sheriff's department's help and asked yes. for help in fending right. off these things that were at their house. So, and then yeah. said they came back right. during the night. So, well, one of the things that I was floored about because when I was reading about how much ammunition they had used, like my husband was sitting there, and of course, you know, my husband's been in the military forever. Mm-hmm. And so I turned to him and I was like, hey, let me, how much ammo? Did it mean that they they spent, you know, like if, if they're saying they spent so many boxes, uh-huh. I don't shoot. It's not mm-hmm. that I haven't, but I don't know how many bullets are in a box. Right, right. So when my husband was like sitting down and we were and he was telling me when I was figuring it out, I'm like, that is a lot of it. Like, yeah. at first I was like, oh, maybe they fired off. I don't know. I was thinking low. I was lowballing that thing. And I was uh-huh. thinking like maybe 20, 25 right, shots. Right, right. But and then, that would still be kind of a lot. Yeah. yeah. And like, so 200 rounds of ammunition is what they spent. Yeah. Because this was over a period of, what was it, like three hours? Four, four hours, oh, they claimed. Wow. So they claimed that it's, the attack started at 7 p.m. Uh-huh. And then they ran at 11. Wow. So for f- those four oh, hours... They are 200 rounds. And that was just the 22 shells. Now we, because we know that somebody else had a shotgun. So oh, yeah, right. But so that was, was only the 22. That's only because he said that they had spent four boxes of 22s. Uh-huh. And so it did not say how much shotgun ammo he had used. Oh, God. But even my husband was like, oh, God, that's like 200 rounds. I was like, what? 200 rounds? And nobody came to find out what this family yeah. was doing. I know. <laughs> it had I to know. sound like World War going yeah, on. Yeah, over, over that long yeah. of a time frame. And and two, you know, they're trying to defend themselves yeah. against they don't even know what this these things are. There's right. multiple of them. They're up on their house and, you know, on the roof and all over the right. place. Yeah, they had the shotgun, but they had spent up 200 rounds on a 22. Yeah. I mean, I would not want to only have a 22 if right. I'm going up against aliens. Right. Exactly. I want exactly. at least some kind of a AK-47, a right. tank. <laughs> a tank, <laughs> right. Yeah. Cannonballs. <laughs> yes. Well, that's why I'm thinking. I'm I mean, thinking no the guy with the they shotgun. didn't injure him. That's what the light up was. That, yeah. He caught me with the BB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, that's all you got? All right. I would think the shotgun would be the one I'd want to have. Like, I right. think that would do not maybe not more damage, but like. Yeah. Hit the thing better. They must have not had so much of that. Maybe they did a lot of squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, because then they would use the 22. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, they probably were hunting for food and then they were, like I said, with the 22s and stuff like that. 22 bullets. Yeah. Yeah. So they used up that much ammo. That is a lot of ammo Mm -hmm. to be shooting at something. Yeah. There's just so much about the story that. You want to believe the family, right? That they saw something, mm-hmm. and you know, and then, like I said, the fact that the military just wants to deny, deny, deny that they that anybody went out there. But the story, this is the thing that I put together for Brandy and I to read, mm-hmm. and I do want to say that everything that that we read, 
I got it from the newspapers or the museum. I didn't read any books about this because, like I said, I yeah. grew up around there and heard, I'd heard enough about it from people that I knew. And like I said, just area folklore. Yeah. All of this is coming out of the newspaper. So when uh-huh. I put in there that the MPs went with them, that's what was put in the newspaper. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't like pull that out of the thin air myself and throw that in there and try to make some conspiracy theory. <laughs> that is stuff that you, the listener, mm-hmm. can go and find for yourself in the newspaper. Yeah. If you are interested in reading these whole newspaper articles about the little men and Kelly, then uh, I will put those resources under our podcast info. So you guys can go online. And the source that I use is called uh, newspapers.com. And I was just telling Brandy, they have newspapers from all over the world on that. Uh And you can just research by title, what you're looking for, by date, what you're looking for. Like I said, this, it's not, I haven't, we haven't made up anything to the story. Yeah. Haven't elaborated anything. And I was just excited to do it because it was from like the place I consider my hometown. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I knew some of the people mentioned in this article. Yeah. And just, you know, it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, my gosh, because (laughs) like we talked about, when you grow up with it, you don't think anybody outside your area really cares about it. You know, it's like, oh, well, this is just, you know, this is where I grew up and this is the folklore here. People the next town over, they don't give a two poops about it you know it's like they got their own folklore over there well i have been fascinated by the by this particular story for years now and i i was excited to go see tammy's hometown because i I hear so much about it but to go to see the the bell witch area and then the little green men of kelly it was just it was it was awesome for me to finally get to go there <laughs> and to see where, you know, where all this supposedly took place after hearing about it and watching TV about it for, for so many years. Also, you can go on our Facebook page, we have Instagram and TikTok and see some of the pictures that we took right. for the little green men of Kelly because we went to the museum. Right. Yeah. Um there in where was So the museum is actually downtown Hopkinsville. Yeah. It's a nice museum. Yeah. It's very it's got a lot of yeah. historical stuff in there, but there's an exhibit about the the little green men of Kelly, so yeah. that was neat too. Yeah, and and the museum there. If you do go uh, and you have small children, the museum has an interactive thing for the kids, and there's like they can pick up like these folders and they can walk around the museum and they can find different things. Uh, oh, it's yeah. like a little adventure game. Yeah. Uh, we saw some kids in there doing that when we were there, and I thought that was a really neat idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so they do have like a section, like Randy said, about the little green men of Kelly. I just like the area. The area is still very rural. It is. It's about 45 minutes, an hour from Nashville, Tennessee, across the state line. So uh, a lot of it is starting to feel that metropolitan overtake Mm -hmm. because uh, more and more businesses are coming into the area. So it's not it's not nearly as rural as it was when I left there 25 years ago. I would say if you want to go to Hopkinsville, get out and go see the little green men of Kelly's spot before it's overtaken. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that is a uh, uh, to note. So during the eclipse, when what 2017 was that mm, when the eclipse? I do Did not you? remember. I, I know it's been a little bit, but uh, when the eclipse, when the the solar eclipse happened, mm-hmm. Hopkinsville was the. Um, was the main That's area. right. I remember yes. you telling me that. Uh, it was the point that had the longest darkness oh. during the eclipse. I just thought that that was kind of cool that, you know, we're talking about Kelly. And mm-hmm. then because people always think that, you know, odd things happen during solar eclipses. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. fact that Hawkinsville was the like center point for that eclipse. Mm-hmm. It was kind of added to the little bit of ambiance, <laughs> you know, the Kelly story. Yeah. So they, um, they expected the. Little yeah. man to come back. Oh yeah, like <laughs> that. That area ate up the fact that they were the epicenter of that eclipse. Oh, I bet. And uh, kudos to them, though. You yeah. know, because they had an influx of people. Yes. That uh, that invaded <laughs> that area. But all right, guys. Well, we're gonna end our story there. We hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new about the Kelly story. And like I said, if you want to read those newspaper articles that came out, just go to newspaper.com and I will list all the newspapers that I found my resources in. It did make national news. Coast to coast newspapers picked it up. But yeah, so we hope you enjoyed it. And we will say till next time. Bye-bye.